0: The ABC's Word Wizard, the Lord of Language. A word in your ear with
1: Professor Raleigh Sussex.
2: Good morning, Rolly. How are you? Oh, Rolly, your yeah, microphone's not working, that one, so we'll have to get you over okay. here. That's much better. Right. Um, how are you, Rolly? What's been happening?
1: Oh, I've been riding my bike.
2: Riding your bike? Yes, okay.
1: being a mammal. Mammal? Or a, <laughs> actually, there's a gerbil. Geriatric, oh, oh, really? <laughs> energetic and rides a bike in Lycra.
2: Okay, I don't think I'll, I think I like the other one better. You do, so do I. Thirteen hundred triple two six twelve. If you have a question for Roly Sussex, anything to do on words and language? What are we talking about today, Roly?
1: About language and animals, and whether we're being disrespectful to animals in a lot of the idioms that we've got. For example. For example, to flog a dead horse. <sighs> Right. Now, I don't like anything about flogging. We had too much of it in the early years of Australia anyway. And, of course, I suppose if the horse is dead, it's not going to feel anything. But there's something nasty about that image. Mm. And there's a group called PETA, P-E-T-A, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. Yes. And they are trying to get removed in schools and other places references to animals in idioms. Now, there are hundreds and hundreds of idioms relating to animals in English because we've been living closely with with animals for centuries and in say take horses without mm. horses we wouldn't have been able to do things mm. couldn't get from a to b couldn't pull things from a to b couldn't deliver the letters you know mm. and so there's a whole stack of these things which the people the peter people don't like like killing two beds with one stone well that's you know killing again
2: so well where did firstly where did a flogger dead horse come from
1: well, I don't know. Uh, a lot of these things we simply don't. Someone said them and they took right. root. And yeah. unless they come from something like Shakespeare, yeah. when you could say, okay, that was the source, this was the date and so on. Same we as have,
2: killing two birds? Well, we're killing one. two
1: birds similarly. We don't know where a lot mm. of these come from. But they're suggesting that we feed two birds with one scone rather than kill two birds with one stone. Mm-hmm. Mm, oh, okay. <laughs> um, Different and, meaning,
2: isn't it? Well, yeah. Oh, and
1: maybe. what about bringing home the bacon?
2: Bringing home the bacon. Well,
1: bacon, yeah. of course, is meat, which is killed animal. Okay. And so, so they, they suggest to bring home. home the bagels.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> I the, 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 there is a linguistic problem with all of this, and that yeah. is when you got an idiom like bring home the bacon. I do not have an image of someone with a big side of pig over their shoulder. Mm. It's what happens with an idiom is that it the words hang around together and they lose the individual meanings of the parts, and instead of that. All you get is a kind of general, you know, meaning of the whole thing. Bring home the bacon means uh, either bringing home a salary or right, returning something, you no, know, rather well. Yes. Um, all your eggs in one basket, they don't like that. Oh. All your berries in one bowl, they think. Well, you know, and I'm... That's I, weird.
2: I thought, why would why would berries be?
1: Well, berries are better than eggs because eggs... Oh, and they remember, want you to use berries instead of right. eggs. Okay. Because, uh, again, if you're a vegetarian, you don't eat animal products. If you're mm. vegan, there are various sorts of vegan. But a lot of them won't even have honey because honey involves interfering yes. with the bee's lives yeah. and so on.
2: 1300 612, if you want to add to the conversation. Maybe you're a vegan and, and you do get offended by these type of terms. 1300 612 is the number to call. Or you can SMS zero four six seven nine double two six twelve. that's zero four six seven nine double two six twelve. if you want to talk to Roly Sussex.
1: Yeah, my take on this is that a lot of these phrases actually are not doing down animals at all. They're traditional and they are actually part of the colourful, evocative use of English, something like a bull in a china shop which is a really neat and look I've got more than 150 involving horses we'll get to them in a moment
2: there was another one take the bull by the horns that's
1: right take the bull by the horns Mm. red flag to a bull Mm. Um, and uh, you know there are a lot of these things which which have become traditional and really, you know, you don't have an image of a bull. I mean, taking the bull by the horns, I'm not thinking of a matador, mm. which I suppose is where they think it came come from Maybe. originally. Yeah. Uh, it simply means um, taking a resolute attitude to something and seeing what you can do about it. Mm. Um, but the the horse ones, you know, like a one-horse race or a one-horse town. Yes. right. Surely they're a Trojan horse, back the wrong horse. Uh, cart before the horse now, all right, this is a horse as maybe a a commercial animal in some senses originally. But I think that what's happened nowadays is that we we really think of these not not in terms of horsey horsey activities at all. Mm. Now a gilt horse don't look a horse in gilt horse in the oh, mouth. Gift. I thought gift that was horse. gift horse. Gift yeah. horse, yes. Mm. And that's because uh, by the number of teeth a horse has and where they are, you yeah. can tell something about its age. Yeah. But to don't look a gift horse in the mouth means if someone's giving you a horse, grab it anyway, mm. uh, whatever the age. Um, horse sense.
2: I don't, I don't know what oh, that horse,
1: horse sense means sort of practical... So you've got horse sense. now okay. yes. Um, and, again, there, there, there are heaps and heaps of these, in addition to which there are quite a few which don't actually mention horses but are about horses. So, for example, home and host. Oh. Right. Now, home and hosed means when you get home with your horses, the first thing you do is hose down the horses and give them a rub, actually. Of course. And okay. then you go and do something else.
2: I didn't know that came from the horses. Okay. I yet. have
1: more. I have okay. more. Um, hell for leather. This was actually Kipling mm. in 1889.
2: Okay. Is that the leather whip or the leather saddle?
1: Or the leather bridle.
2: Bridle. And
1: okay. either way, you're giving the the uh, the horse's uh, bits and pieces fair old work over yeah. uh, you're going very very hard and this again is probably not kind to the horse no. um, winning hands down is one that people don't know about because
2: a horse is measured in hands
1: no oh. it's because in a race <laughs> if you're on if you're a jockey and you're way out in front instead of urging the horse for, for faster right, mm. you can drop your hands and let the horse run on and comfortably ca- cross the line oh. So this is, again, a horsey one, which you don't – I mean, you didn't know about it. No, and Most no. people don't. Um, to cross the line, that's a horse race. It comes from America. You're in the home straight. Now, we're going to have an, an election sometime in the next six months and yeah. in the last weeks. You know, we're in the home straight now. The election's mm. on Saturday. Mm. Uh, down to the wire. Now, they used to, particularly in America, string a wire over the finishing line, and then the judges sitting up on their stand could – compare the moment when the horse's nose first crossed the line of the oh, wire okay. so that you can judge it. Um, he, at, he, he won at a canter, meaning, you know, the, whatever you were doing, and it might be physical, it might be mental. You know, he's finished his degree and he won at a canter. He got yep. first class yep. honors. Um, a walkover is nice.
2: Yeah, where did that come from?
1: Horses. It, if you turn up to a race and you're the only horse and rider that turned up, you walk over the course and thereby win. By default.
2: That's great. I didn't, didn't it? know that's okay. what that meant. And, you know, we use so many terms and, and we don't know where they, they We don't know where from, they come where from, they, no. no.
1: Um, and finally, a burr under the saddle. Now, this one is actually much more unkind to horses because uh, jockeys used to put a burr under the saddle. It was very uncomfortable for the horse. Mm. And, of course, they'd run all the harder to try and get away from oh. it. Um, but that was uh, some of these are, in fact, nasty. Mm. Some of them are innocent. Some of them are so conventional now that we don't even think about them. One that I discovered, you know, you'd think swan song is rather nice. Mm. Yes. Unfortunately, in England, by some ancient regulation, not only the royal family, but also the fellows of St. John's College, Cambridge, are allowed to eat swan at certain times during the year. So that presumably puts swan out of... Range as yeah. well, and swan song can't be used. And I, look, there there are a number of these, these expressions, like flock a dead horse, where yeah. I do agree with the Peter people. I think that we could do without them and they won't mm. be a loss. Mm. But there's dozens of other useful expressions. I mean, look, dead as a dodo. Oh, I haven't right.
2: heard dead as a I've, I've heard dead as a doornail.
1: Dead as a doornail, right. So, where did oh. that?
2: Why doornail?
1: By doornail, they, they look particularly dead, you know, they? They, when you wallop them and, and hit them oh, crooked yes, and things. that's and, true. You know.
2: 1300 222612, if you've got a question on words and language for Professor Roly Sussex. Um, Professor Julie from Hobart wants to know, could you please explain the correct usage of uh, alternate
0: mm.
2: versus... Uh, alternative, I'm I'm sure al- alternate alternate or alternate well, it's is used either. all the time yeah. when alternative alternatives should be used. Mm, she says okay.
1: alter a l t e r is the Latin word for the other one of two. Okay. So strictly speaking, if you've got an an alternative, mm. it's the it's the other one of two, and you can't have which alternative are you going to choose among thirty three because you can only have two of them. Now, alternate means you go from A to B and B to A again. You know, Mm -hmm. you you literally swap between two points. But this is one of those words which has been used so loosely in modern English that it simply means another choice. There's no other alternative. And this does mean... The other one of two at all.
2: Yes, so al- no other alternative. Yes. But you wouldn't say. And, you,
1: and you, if you alternate, you're yes. meant to be going from A to B and B to A. Is
2: it? And it's alternate and it's, is, it, is it alternate? alternate? Yes.
1: yes. Alternate is the verb. I'm going to okay. move from A to B and B to A. Mm-hmm. Alternate means the other one. Mm-hmm. And again, people who know Latin know that there are only two possibilities. Mm. But it's, it's a bit like unique. Now, that comes from Latin unus, which means one. And if you are unique, there's only one of you. And you are the only one of a kind, but nowadays people used "unique" to mean remarkable. You know, this was a very unique occasion. Yes,
0: yes.
1: And again, because Latin is no longer taught much in schools, people don't know that. Mm. And the new meaning of "unique" is certainly remarkable. And the old, if you use it in the old strict way, people will get a, a bit. A bit confused, you know, mm. sort of why being so stuffy about it.
2: Another one is every, uh, another word everyone's using now is iconic.
1: Oh, it's a bit
2: overused, isn't it?
1: Yes, and an icon is a, an, a religious image. Yeah. in the orthodox church or the high anglicans and it can be in a church or in your home a lot of people used to have icons in the home with mm. with some incense in front they of it definitely
2: do overseas yeah mm.
1: and uh, to say that so and so is an iconic cricketer uh, well they haven't been canonized yet it's a bit early <laughs> particularly when they're still alive so uh, I, I don't like this use no. of iconic but then what are we going to use as an alternative and well alternative there we go mm. um you could say um, remarkable, emblematic, you no know, symptomatic. It's a bit, bit difficult to find mm. a nice short word. So iconic is now by legend. misuse. <laughs> yeah, well,
2: that's another sort of misused term, isn't it? Sometimes. Is Sometimes
1: it? <laughs> I think so. Yes. Well, so and so is a legend of radio. Richard <laughs> uh, Feidler. Yes. He is.
2: Good morning. Okay. Thirteen hundred triple two six twelve is the number to call if you want to chat to Professor Rowley Sussex. Robin is in Hobart. Hello, Robin. Hello. What did you want to ask Rolly? Um, uh, my son is second name is James, mm-hmm. and uh, we often laugh about
0: the saying, um, Home James and Don't Spare the Horses. Yep. Yeah, I
2: like that one too. Yeah, well He's a good
1: um, driver. He doesn't speed. Yeah. But we yeah. often laugh about that so. Uh, well, I like that so, one. It is good. It's but... a
0: fuddy, fuddy one there again. It's... Uh, um, don't spare the
2: horses. Mm. There you go. Thanks, yeah. Robin.
1: Yeah, and that, that again is one of the ones where horses are being exploited. Mm. And if you're going to be sticky about it, I think you could you could find that one was a bit bit problematic. But where
2: did that come from? That saying, do you know? No,
1: no. because it's and another again, one of them James uh, Probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, movie. you're you're talking to the to the uh, the post the, the the man who's sitting up there driving the thing, mm. uh, the postilion, and. Mm. <laughs> We don't have postillions anymore either, yeah. and and so you know it it was it was traditional because horses were so important. I mean they they were the means of movement when people weren't walking, and they were apart from things like barges in England when they built the canal system, which you know were actually good for taking things around. This is before steam, right? Mm. Horses were absolutely fundamental. They were terribly important in in warfare. No, Genghis Khan and the mm. Golden Horde would never have got anywhere without their That's expertise true, yeah. on horses. Yeah. Um, but as a result, and, and it's not only in English, and every language I know has got stacks of expressions involving horses, one way and the other, mm. and some are admiring horses and some are exploiting horses, some are cruel, um, and again, they've become part of the the background of the language, and you don't even think about it.
2: Yeah, thirteen hundred triple two six twelve. If you've got a question for Roly Sussex, our word professor, thirteen hundred triple two six twelve, or you can SMS zero four six seven nine double two six twelve. Uh, we've got another one for you, Roly. This is Ian in Sydney. Hello, Ian. Hello, how are you this morning? Good. What's your question, or you saying for Roly?
0: Dead as a doornail, yeah. I know
2: the origin. Yeah, dead as a doornail. Yeah. Uh,
1: I think that, that this is, doornails are typically, they've got a big flat head uh, and if you hit them crooked, they will sort of bend over and be absolutely useless and it's almost impossible to get the rotten things out. That's, uh, not, that's
0: not the reason.
1: It's not the reason? You know you know another one?
0: The reason is, originally, back in medieval times, nails were square because that's how they made them. Cut oh, them right, you them go on. Cut the, cut the nails out so the nails were square and then mm. they the head on the nail. You then drove the nail through the door, yeah. leaving the head on the outside so, so somebody attacked the door with an axe. Right. So be hitting the nail rather than the tip of the door. Yeah. And on the inside, what you used to do was kill the nail. Oh, really? So you'd have an inch or two inches of nail sticking out on the inside of the door, mm-hmm. and you'd then hammer that, that um, one or two inches of nail flat against the inside of the door. Right. And that process was known as killing the nail.
1: Killing the nail. Brilliant. Thank you very exactly. much. I never knew that. that.
0: The nail couldn't be pulled out.
1: hmm And it wouldn't snag anyone on the inside of the door either.
0: No. Well, that was, that was a microbe. It was more a case you couldn't pull the nail out. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And the process of knocking the nail over is called killing. And still occasionally used today by people in particular industries where you do that sort of thing.
1: With rivets and things or?
0: Uh, no. Still with nails. Yeah. Oh. Have a long nail, and you you drive it all the way through the piece of wood. Yeah, okay. the of bending the other, bending it
2: over. it over, is called killing the nail. Thank, Thank you, you very much. On. Okay, thanks lovely. so much, Ian. That, that's interesting. Um, Rolly, there's another one here. Um, Alan in Darwin says, I used to work with a fellow back in the day who used to say he's got the bull by the horse's tail if he didn't believe something that someone was telling him. <laughs> Hi, I've got the bull by the horse's tail.
1: Well, yeah, that's mixing two animals and two <laughs> idioms and getting them getting them
2: people in. well sometimes people I think make them up don 't they
1: uh, well, yeah, and occasionally uh, if they're good enough mm. they 'll take off as a meme mm. and people will copy them and they 'll become yes. standard part of the language as yeah. well but th- this one is, is called a blend because when you 've got two two words or two phrases yeah. and you take part of one and part of the other, put them together, uh, it can become Quite quite funny. Sometimes it is just a misuse, and, yes. and people say, "Oh, he yeah, doesn't know what he's talking about." Mm. I've got a couple of others. A bird in the hand is worth two, two in, in the bush. bush. Yes, you shouldn't be restricting the freedom of birds by holding them oh, in the hand. Please. All right. What about bats in the belfry?
2: Yeah. What about them?
1: Well, again, not exactly nice about bats. It's they suggesting like- that they're mad or something. You know, bats in the belfry means that you're nuts. Oh. Jeez. Yeah, uh, People can can get very, very sensitive about these yeah. things. And some of them, I mean, look like chicken livered. Well, chicken livers, you know, again, this is using meat. And if, you're, if you are vegetarian or vegan. Now, remember, the vegetarians in India are about 40% of the population. So this mm. is, a, this is a, a very substantial part of the country is, in fact, yes. on non-meat diet. Mm. Um, vegans in the UK are about 2%. In America, about 3%. And so they're a minority. Mm. But English is a very democratic language and it, it grows and changes by usage and what people do. So if the vegans are good enough at persuading us about this, they will eventually win.
2: Robin in Tasmania, what did you want to ask Rolly?
0: I've got two pet hates, Rolly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the use of the word absolutely
1: to mm-hmm. answer
0: every question and also the use of the word awesome.
1: Ah, Yes. Okay, absolutely. There's a story about this which may or may not be true and no one's been able to check it. It was that Prince Charles was on air somewhere Mm. and he wanted a word which was a bit more emphatic than just yes. And so he said, absolutely. And everybody did an emperor's new clothes and copied. And for a long time... People, some people didn't say yes much at all. They'd say absolutely, absolutely, even even when it was not really needed.
2: But Prince Charles said it like absolutely.
1: He did indeed, yeah. yes. Um, that seems to be waning at the moment. It's had about 10, 15 years of being very fashionable, and I think it's on the way down. Mm. Awesome is the standard way of saying that is fantastic among particularly younger people. Mm. Um, I don't say little, it because… Really, little, really little? Oh, no, up to maybe mid-teens, Okay. And then later, mm. uh, and particularly younger females, uh, if you look at the analyses of blogs, you know, they yeah. use it all the time. Uh, there were a series of words like awesome and fearsome and, terror- and terrible and so on. Mm. And they originally meant inspiring terror, inspiring awe and inspiring fear. Mm. But, you know, I'm terribly pleased to see you. That just means very.
2: Oh, it's yes, got, we do it, say terribly. That's terribly right. something. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: again, awfully. And it was awful, awfully. awfully sad,
2: but that, and that's more of an, an English thing. Isn't it's that? more that awfully. one. That
1: one, if you say it in that tone of voice, is more British. Mm. Uh, but awesome, as a, as a, um, a tone of, we'll say, a word of approval, came to us, I think, from the west coast of the US, and it's become absolutely standard among younger folks. Mm. It's starting to wane a bit, and it'll be interesting to see as they grow older if they carry it forward or give a, give it up and take up something else. Mm.
2: There's a word that we're hearing a lot, and we hear a lot at Christmas time because of the movie Love Actually. Oh yes, it's it's the actual word, mm. the actual word, actually. Yeah. Yes, do they use that a lot in England? Actually.
1: Um, it was part of upper-class speech for a bit. I, I remember hearing it when I was living there. But I think, again, this is being overlaid by, by other younger uh, words now. The odd thing about words of, of approval, by the way, like awesome, mm-hmm. is that all of our current words of approval are American, like great and neat and cool. Right, now, I will I will say great, but I will not say cool. I'm in the wrong generation.
2: Cool. No, uh, I don't say but, cool. But I say again, great.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. and then bad, meaning extraordinarily good. Yes.
2: I, which
1: is, a, again, a teen thing.
2: And there was another one not long ago, a few years back now. I think it was, um, oh, someone said it, um, fully sick. Oh, yes. Yeah. That and yeah. why, you know, meaning something was really great.
1: Extremely so, yes.
2: Ian Thorpe, I think I remember him. It might have been it. Thorpe, yeah. and, and
1: again the word "deadly," but that is that is indigenous English in Australia.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: "Deadly" meaning extremely good is is an, uh, from Aboriginal English, mm. and so we've taken that on as well.
2: All right, um, Roly, you want to have a final word? Actually, Thank we've got it, no, we've got something for you, Roly. Yeah, I think. Um, We've got something that we found. My producer, Rob, yeah. loves this saying, actually. Actually, it's not actually, but it's um, something else that he found from an old movie. Okay. Um, an, an old saying.
1: Well, while we're getting there, do you want my last word?
2: Oh, actually, we've got um, we've got Robin still on the line. Hello, Robin.
0: Yes. Well, I'm glad to hear that those two words are waning. Mm. But um, I've been to um, the Taj Mahal in India, and I always say to people, well, that's not awesome. The Taj Mahal is awesome. Uh-huh. Aha.
1: Yeah, yeah. In other words, you you don't want to use the words too much, because if you do, they lose their meaning. And you want to keep a few words with especially reserved meaning for those particularly genuinely striking moments. Yeah, agreed.
2: Yeah. Listen to this, Rolly.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, hello. Uh, <laughs>
1: uh Oh, uh, it's lovely creature we met quite by accident as a matter of fact I was trying to catch a bus and April was
2: well, a do a decent thing old chap fellow club members and that's all <laughs> yes of course um, Mr Raymond Delaunay Mr. April Smith what a romantic man you to be in
1: England here. hello <laughs> hello <laughs> <laughs>
2: you couldn't get away with that these days Terry Have Thomas movie must
1: be Terry Thomas <laughs> Um, that was the English of an, an era now gone because yes. even the even the Queen's English has changed her, her vowels and, and things have become a bit more middle class.
2: Yes because when you you watched uh, The Crown recently it was very um, pronounced very, wasn't very, it? Uh,
1: very up, super upper class mm. hyper British English.
2: And so that's changed with the younger generation? That, oh
1: yes much so and if you listen to the young princes uh, mm. they're definitely educated middle class mm. rather than the the, the very old posh English. Hello mm. my dear.
2: Bruce in Sydney what did you you want to ask, Roly Bruce?
0: Oh, hello. Um, I was just going to ask. Um, a lot of our um, our uh, idioms and the way of our speaking about um, animals are actually reflections of ourselves. Yes. Uh, but when you actually look at, um, say, an industry like horse racing and stuff like that, and we have sport of kings and those side of things. Come. Um. And then, and then you actually go to um, that. Um, some species are more loved than others, so we say the butterfly effect, mm-hmm. and 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 those side of things. But then we have th- statements that are also about stuff like dish or gone
1: to the dogs and those sort of things. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And uh, I think pigs all, also, in, in any language I've looked at, pigs get a very, very bad deal. They're, they are disrespected mm. and regarded as dirty and, yeah. you know, things like that. Um, and so you're quite right that particularly with Sport of Kings and so on, horse racing has got, it goes from the very top to the very bottom. Mm. Um, but others, uh, I know, I, the language does in fact tell us about our attitudes to certain things. Yeah. But I do, I do stand by the point that with idioms, if they are common enough, we're not actually thinking about the animals at all. It's just a way of talking about something.
2: That's right. Um, we've got another one here for you, Rolly. Hmm. Um, pet hates. Did you have a good time? It was so fun. Ah, yes. Where did the misuse of this come from? Must we accept the death of the adverb?
1: Okay. Fun used to be a noun. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of enjoyment, all right? What's happened is it's become an adjective. And so, so fun meaning so enjoyable, so uh, interesting, right? And so fun has has become something which was a noun, it's now an adjective, and that means that you can have even funner and funnest, Mm. both of which sound very strange to me. But this is called conversion. It's when you make take a word, make it another part of speech, don't put any ending on the end, like hospital eyes, right? And so fun has become, um, again, among younger people, it's an innovation that they've started, and it... It's percolating upwards a bit, but I don't know anyone of my age who says it. Right. And, in fact, you grate your teeth when they do.
2: But I suppose we all invent some sort of language with our oh, yes. friends, you know, when we were kids.
1: Particularly family. Yeah. And there will be family yes. family words for people and things and so on, which persist. And sometimes, if they're good enough, they'll spread out into the fr- fram, you know, friends and family around about.
2: That's another good topic, That's family topic. words. All right. Rolly, your yes. final word for the day. Yes.
1: Whenever my wife packs me a salad for lunch... All I want to know is, what did I do wrong? On your radio
0: and online.
2: At home or on the road. This is ABC Radio.